Well, thank the Reverend Dean for the words of welcome and for the invitation. It's a joy to be with you again and to be able to share with you an update on the work of the Trinitarian Bible Society. They have given me a new video to show uh, for you here tonight, so I still haven't quite got my timings right, so I'm afraid of going on too long and us being here at 11 o'clock tonight. But um, we'll, we'll begin in the Word of God and we'll turn to Psalm 12 and we'll just read one verse uh, from this psalm. <clears throat> Psalm 12, the verse 6. David is the speaker, and he says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. The words of the Lord are pure words. Now, that is a statement that uh, many people in the world will disagree with today. They tell us the Bible is a book of make-believe, a book of fiction, a book that has been written by men. They deny that this is a supernatural book. They deny that God is the divine author, and they deny that these are pure words. Even within the professing church, there are those who try to tell us that the Bible has mistakes and contradictions and errors. There are those within the evangelicalism who deny that these are pure words. But four headings, just to leave with you very briefly tonight, just a, an overview of this verse. I want to speak about the purity of Scripture. Now, first of all, Scripture has a pure inception, and it has a pure inception because it begins with God. Yes, God used human authors, but the supreme author, the originator of Scripture, is God himself. So immediately we see that this book is like no other book in the world. This is a book that has its origins in heaven. This is a supernatural book. It comes from God himself. And what a mercy that is, that a holy and perfect and pure God would communicate to us. We, the fallen sons of Adam, don't deserve anything. But God in his love and mercy communicates to us. And this book is pure in its origin, in its inception, because it begins with God. Secondly tonight, Scripture is pure in its inspiration. Paul, writing to Timothy, said all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That is literally breathed out from the mouth of God himself. And that's what the Bible is. It's breathed out by God. Peter tells us in 2 Peter 1.21 that holy men of God speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Lord gave the word and the Holy Spirit moved men to record the word perfectly. So what we have is an inspired book. No book in your bookshelf is inspired. Not the cookbook, not the encyclopedia, not the biography. Those are books written by men. But this is a book that has been inspired by God himself. So this book should stand out about every, above every other book that we own. But there are those today, and they deny the inspiration of this book. They deny that it is a pure and perfect book. They try to tell us that there's all matter of mistakes in it. They question whether this book should be included or this book taken out of the Bible. They have already succeeded in removing many verses from the Bible today. They say we don't have the pure word of God. They try to tell us the originals were inspired. And then they say, but we don't have God's word today, not in its perfect form. Which leads me to my third point. Scripture has a pure preservation. In verse 7, it goes on to say, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation and forever. Now, some commentators are divided. Is God speaking about preserving his people or preserving his word? Other commentators say that God is speaking about both, that he preserves his people and his word. 
Many people, they say, yes, God can preserve this world. He can preserve this world, spinning at the right speed and keep it the right distance from the sun. He can preserve his people. But then they say, but he can't preserve his word. And he hasn't preserved his word. And they accuse God of, of not keeping his word down through the centuries. But that's not what scripture teaches us. The Bible teaches us the doctrine of preservation. Not only did the Lord give the word, but he has, as our confession says, kept the word pure in all ages. And nowhere in the Bible do we read God making a statement like this, that the, he's going to give the word, but then the word's going to be lost, and the church is going to be on a recovery mission to try to rediscover and reconstruct the word that has been misplaced and abused down through the centuries. Of course not. We're taught the complete opposite, that God preserves his word. In Psalm 119, verse 89, we are told, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Isaiah 40, verse 8, we are told, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. In 1 Peter 1, 25, the apostle says, The word of the Lord endureth forever. And when the Lord Jesus Christ spoke to his disciples in Matthew 24, 35, he said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. They will be with you in every age for you to believe, for you to trust, for you to commit your soul and your eternal salvation to. You can teach them to your children's and your children's children. So here we have the great doctrine of the preservation of the pure word of God. But then fourthly and finally tonight, Scripture is a pure communication. God has given us this book to communicate his Son. Nowhere else does God reveal the Lord Jesus Christ to us than on the pages of Holy Scripture, not through dreams, visions, tongue speakings, not through angels, not through declarations in the sky. The only place we find Christ is in this book. That's why it's a pure communication. And it communicates not just Christ, but it communicates his gospel to us. We know the gospel today because of this book. God's mouth is not shut to us. He has a message of salvation to declare, and it is found for us in this book. So what are we to do with this holy communication, with this pure communication? Are we to hide it, bury our talents in the ground? If this is the means that God has ordained to communicate his son and to communicate the gospel message, what are we to do? We're to preach it. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We are to share it with those who are lost and perishing. They might not come into the meeting, but we can hand them a Bible. We can hand them a gospel tract. We can hand them a New Testament. Sadly, many people today, they, they don't believe in, in the power of Scripture in, in handing it out and, and reaching souls. You'll hear in a video a little later on that there was a, a man converted in Nepal because somebody approached him on the street and handed him a New Testament. He read it. He believed it. The Lord opened his heart. I remember being in America for a couple of weeks at a church there, and I went to one of the, those dollar uh, stores that they have in America, and they had uh, King James versions of the Bible that they were selling for a dollar. I thought, this is tremendous. This is wonderful. So uh, I lifted a whole box off them and, and went to the church we were at in the Lord's Day and, and said, look, a Bible for a dollar. You know, you can, you can give somebody a Bible and it's only cost a dollar. But sadly, many today, they, they don't have any confidence in handing out a Bible. 
People won't read it. People will have no interest in it. Of course not. This is God's word. And he has promised in Isaiah 55, verse 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. So let us ever be thankful that we have the pure words of God. And let us have a desire to share the pure word of God with others as well. Well, moving on to mention a little of the work of the TBS here tonight. The TBS began way back in 1831. And in 1835, a gift was given to the society, a gift of 50 pounds. A lot of money today, but an awful lot of money back then. Back then, it was the equivalent of about 5,200 pounds. And it was given so we would produce our first foreign translation. After much prayerful consideration, they decided to produce the Bible in Portuguese. This was completed in 1844. Um, such was the demand for Portuguese scripture, particularly in Brazil, that we opened a branch there back in 1968. It's now celebrating its 55th anniversary. And over the last 55 years, this is what TBS Brazil have accomplished in the Portuguese language. They have distributed over 10 million Bibles. In partnership with other organizations such as the Gideons, they have distributed over 198 million New Testaments. And they produced a Bible app in Portuguese that has been downloaded 14 million times. So that gift of 50 pounds way back in 1835, the Lord has used and multiplied to reach at least 220 million Portuguese-speaking souls with the Word of God in the last 55 years alone. So we give thanks for what the Lord has done in the Portuguese translation. <clears throat> now, sometimes I get asked, why do we do new translations, particularly in languages where they already have a translation? Well, not all translations are from the providentially preserved word, the Hebrew Masoretic Old Testament and the Greek Texas Receptus New Testament. There's about 6,000 differences in the New Testament between the modern critical text and the Textus Receptus. Uh, here's one example. In Matthew 5:48, you'll see that the NIV, which comes from the modern critical text, is missing uh, a large chunk of this, the teachings of our Savior. Uh, you'll see that three uh, key pieces of doctrine have been left out of this. Uh, love or bless them that curse you has been left out. Do good to them that hate you is miss left out. And pray for them which despitefully use you has been left out. And dear friends, that's only the tip of the iceberg. Whole 12 verses are left out of Mark's gospel. The story of the woman taken in adultery is left out of John's gospel. The profession of faith of the Ethiopian eunuch is left out of Acts 8, 37. If you go to Acts 8, 37 in an NIV, an ESV, a Good News Bible, you'll not find it. They're left out, maybe put down in a footnote, but missing from the text. As I say, there's 6,000 differences. And they, these affect not just English Bibles, but many foreign translations that are done from the critical text. But we believe, as um, Solomon says, every word of God is pure. And we believe all scripture should be included in the translations. Also, we produce translations because not every translator has an honest agenda. Some bring their own um, interpretations and their own methods and their own bad theology to their translation. The Louis Sagan Bible is one of the most popular French Bibles, 
But Segond was had some liberal tendencies. One of them was that he didn't like the Messianic Psalms. So in Psalm 40, verse 7, which is a Messianic Psalm, low in the volume of the book, it is written of me, Segond has written for me. There's a big difference in a Bible being written or a book being written of somebody or for somebody. Well, every English translation I've looked at has of me, but Sagan deliberately mistranslated it. The Chinese Union version is used by 99% of Chinese Christians. It is probably the most uh, well-known of the, all the Chinese translations, but it's from the modern critical text, and it has some very basic mistakes as well. Genesis 3 verse 4, it should read, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, whereas they have the snake said to the woman, You may die, or you may not die. Well, there's a big difference between thou shalt not surely die, and you may die, or you may not die. And the Turkish translation of 2008, um, it should read, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. They use the word competent. They do have a word for perfect, but they've deliberately chosen a weaker word. Now, we don't believe that people should have an adequate or a, competent, a, a, a merely competent translation. We believe people should have the most faithful, reliable, and accurate copy of God's Word that we can provide for them. So for this reason and many more, we seek to provide reliable translations in many languages. At the end of last year, the population of the world reached over 8 billion people. Now, remarkably, 66% of the world's population speak one of 10 languages. So two out of every three people will be able to speak one of the 10 most spoken languages. And the TBS have projects either completed or ongoing in eight of the 10 most spoken languages, giving us the potential to reach nearly 5 billion people. But there's two languages there that don't um, have reliable translations. If they did, there'd be no need for us to produce another one, but the translations they have are extremely poor. The Bengali for Bangladesh and the Urdu for Pakistan. So we would ask you to pray that the Lord would raise up translators in those languages. We currently um, have uh, 21 Bibles in print, 18 New Testaments and 21 Gospels, but those numbers are set to multiply in the next couple of years because we have 52 projects that we are currently working on with a number of them coming to fruition. And this map will show you the wide scale of the work of the TBS. Uh, we have some languages that will reach many hundreds of millions and there's some languages there that will reach people in their tens of thousands. But they are all souls who need to receive the word of God in their own language. Well, two dimension for you here tonight. First of all, the Simte Bible. The Simte people are, live in the Manipur region of northeast India. We work with several tribes up in that region to produce Bibles for them. The gospel first came to them around the start of the 20th century through British missionaries. Uh, where the empire went, the gospel went, and the gospel came to the Manipur region. They had no scripture in their own language until we produced the New Testament for them in 1975. They had no books in the Simte language uh, prior to that. Our New Testament was the first book they ever had. We completed the whole Bible, and it was printed in 1992. But improvements were needed upon that as their written form was still developing. So we completed that in 2021. It took a bit longer than we anticipated. And we shipped over 6,500 uh, uh, Simte Bibles to the Simte people. 
Now, they hadn't received a shipment of Bibles in 30 years. So here's a brief video showing the excitement on their faces at receiving the Word of God. Whenever we launch a, a gospel, a New Testament, or a Bible, we have Thanksgiving services, and they were held in several churches amongst the Simte people, and the people came out to give thanks to God for the safe arrival of these translations. They queued down the street and uh, on, or down the length of the church and into the street on occasions to get their hands on a copy of the Simte Bible. Those Bibles were given out within a matter of weeks. There was enough for one for every Christian home, and they also wanted to visit the unconverted and offer them uh, the word of God. They wrote to us at the end of last year, so nine months after uh, the launch of this translation, expressing their appreciation. One pastor mentioned how uh, difficult preaching had become as his own Bible had worn out. Another wrote and said how great it is that children uh, have a Bible for the very first time. And another says how having a Bible after such a long gap means quite a lot to them. And one pastor mentioned how in that nine-month period, many of the church members had read the Bible cover to cover. One person had even read it through twice. And one of the men who received the Bible was a student at a college. He started reading the Bible the day he received it, and seven days later had the whole Bible finished. Read the Bible through in seven days. Such was the hunger for the Word of God. So please do remember the Simte people in your prayers. There's been great civil unrest in the Manipur region, uh, and the Simte tribes, like some of the other tribes we work with, have been badly affected. The next one to mention tonight is the Amharic New Testament. Amharic is a language spoken in Ethiopia. They also speak it in Eritrea, which is a con the country just to the north of Ethiopia. There are speakers also in Egypt, Israel, the UK, the USA, France, and Sweden, and about half a million speakers in South Africa. But Ethiopia is the main country. It has a population of around 118 million people. They speak 88 different languages in Ethiopia. But Amharic is the main language, it's the official language, it's the language of the government, and it has uh, roughly about 57 million speakers. They do have the Bible in Amharic, but the translations they have are very poor. Mo most of the modern ones are from the modern critical texts. So once we finished our New Testament uh, last year, uh, we asked for a meeting of the leading evangelicals, and 72 of them came out to that meeting, remarkably. And our lead translator told them about all the mistakes, the problems, and the errors from the critical text in the modern Amharic translations. And he was expecting a bit of an angry backlash, but there wasn't one. 
In the end, one of the men got up and said, we cannot disagree with anything that you've said about the current Amharic Bibles. And if your translation is as good as you tell us, you will have our full support. So we went from having one service last um, December to having five. Our general secretary went over for the first service in the capital, Addis Ababa, and there were around 2,000 people who came to that meeting. And um, I was asked to go for one of the other launches in a city called Debreverhan, which is about three and a half hours north of uh, Addis Ababa. And in the Lord's goodness, uh, I was able to go there last year. Uh, I haven't been able to go to Debreverhan this year because of the, the violence and the civil unrest. But about 500 people came to that meeting last year, and everybody who attended left with a free copy of the Amharic New Testament. Here's a brief clip of 2 Timothy chapter 3 being read. I got speaking to one man after the meeting who traveled three hours in a bus just to be present at that meeting. One preacher was telling me that whenever he learned English, he thought all the English Bibles were wrong because they were teaching something completely different from the Amharic. He said it's only after a while he realized that it's not the English Bibles that are wrong, it's the Amharic Bibles. So he said he closed the Amharic Bible, he would read the English, translate it himself in order to preach to the people because he couldn't trust the Amharic Bibles. Uh, I spent oh, several hours in the car with the lead translator. We never went more than 15 minutes without his phone ringing. Are you the man who has these uh, New Testaments? We've heard about your meetings. When are you doing meetings in our area? Can you come to our church? One man phoned up. He was involved with a denomination of about 45 churches. He says, we've only just heard of your New Testament. If you'll come and do a meeting for us, there will be uh, several hundred people there. Uh, would be delighted if you'd come and speak for our denomination. Uh, so there has been great enthusiasm and a warm reception uh, for our Amharic New Testament uh, to such a degree that we had to have more meetings in the spring, four more in Ethiopia. And we're not exaggerating to say that literally thousands of people came out to these meetings. Uh, young people had to sit on the floor and stand around the back of the churches. News spread to South Africa amongst the Amharic speakers there. We had to have a meeting there in the summer uh, for the Amharic speakers in South Africa, and they want more meetings in South Africa to hear about our translation uh, in the Amharic language. Uh, one of the other reasons I was there last December was to look at a distribution center in order to circulate material in Ethiopia. You have to be registered there. And a, a Christian uh, businessman has very generously provided us with an office that has been used uh, to uh, distribute our scripture. We sent 10,000 Amharic New Testaments last December. They were gone within a matter of weeks. We have now sent a total of 85,000 Amharic New Testaments to Ethiopia. And they have been um, uh, disappearing at a rapid rate. Uh, we now employ a lady. Uh, we started employing her part-time, but such is the demand that we now employ her full-time. And it's her job to uh, do the administration and oversee the circulation of scriptures. I flew out to Ethiopia last Friday morning. I came back yesterday, and I was there for uh, the annual general meeting. Um, the people in Ethiopia, they haven't just been 
willing to receive scripture from us. They want to be involved. So there's around 200 Ethiopians who have joined the society in the past year. Now that's remarkable to go into a country and to start a membership uh, where they have to pay to become members. It's not a free membership. They have paid membership to join the society because they want to be involved in the work of circulating scriptures in the Amharic language. Not only in Amharic, but since our New Testament has gone out, other languages have contacted us saying, we need the Bible in our language. Can you help us? So we held our annual general meeting uh, in Addis Ababa on Saturday, and that is our lead translator, Haile Emeru, addressing the meeting. Uh, this is the lady who, who works for the society, uh, Tika. Uh, she it was a university lecturer in chemistry, but she stepped back from that position in order to join the TBS. And she has a real heart for the work and a great desire for the word of God to go out. And uh, so please do pray for the Amharic translation um, in Ethiopia and amongst the other Amharic speakers. Uh, moving on, just to mention Bible distribution. We distribute uh, scripture uh, throughout the world. Last year alone, we distributed scripture in 40 languages to over 112 different countries. We do this in two ways. We sell to those who can afford to pay for it. And last year, we sold over 4 million items. And we also give grants to those who can't afford to pay for scripture. And in the last two years, we've granted over 3 million items. And it's for reasons like this. This is the pastor's Bible in Malawi. It runs from Leviticus to Thessalonians because it's worn out and he hasn't had an opportunity to replace it. There's a great overlap between the work of the Free Presbyterian Mission Board and the uh, TBS. These are some of the countries where we have shared interests and the Kikamba and Swahili Gospels of John are due to be printed in the next year, the Lord willing. We've also sent grants to the mission stations in Uganda Every child and every member of staff was uh, provided with uh, a free copy of uh, the scripture, but they also used the scripture in their outreach team uh, to reach out to the local community. In Kenya, we sent a grant there in recent times um, that has been used uh, by our brother Malcolm Patterson, and another grant has gone out recently. Well, I'm going to move now to uh, share with you a video uh, of the work in Nepal. And I'm afraid we'll have to uh, leave our...